Hi there, welcome to the Neurodivergent Magic Podcast. I'm your host, Megan Griffith, and I am so excited to have you here. On this podcast, we talk about all forms of neurodivergence, from ADHD to learning disorders to giftedness to autism and more. If any of that sounds familiar, welcome to Neurodivergent Magic. Hello, guys, gals, and non-binary pals, and welcome back to the Neurodivergent Magic Podcast. Today, I have a super special guest for you. It's my husband. (laughs) So usually, we exclusively have neurodivergent guests on this podcast, but today, we are welcoming a neurotypical into our midst. (laughs) Uh, Mostly just because I've had a lot of you ask, like, how our relationship works with me being neurodivergent and him, you know, not being neurodivergent. And so I figured who better to ask than him. So say hello. Hello. (laughs) Okay. So first tell people a little bit about you. Like if you had to give someone an elevator speech about who you are as a person, like how could you sum yourself up? Okay. Um, my name's Adam. Uh, I'm of course married to Megan. (laughs) We have three kids, four-year-old and, uh, twins who are just about three months old now. Uh, I'm 31. I work in uh, insurance, employee benefits, and I mostly put people to sleep when I talk about that. It is very boring. Uh, Ask Megan. She does not like to listen to it. It is a very dry topic. Uh, So I won't bore you with that. Um, But I am very interested in video games and comic book movies and superheroes and um yeah I think that's a short elevator pitch some hobbies a little bit about me yeah absolutely no that sounds exactly right um so I do want to touch on the working in insurance thing (laughs) because (laughs) I know you say you never want to hear about because you say, oh, it's so boring. It's so boring. But my question is, is it boring to you or do you just know that it's boring to me? Oh, it's not boring to me. I find it very interesting. A lot of stuff is going on. It changes constantly. I mean, it's complicated on purpose a lot of the times and it is made difficult and inaccessible by, you know, the companies and corporations who participate in it. And uh, that is by design. And what I like my job, because my job is to, you know, help employers and employees understand it and make sense of those benefits and make good decisions and utilize them. You know, the system we have is not great, but utilizing them within the system we have as best as possible to make sure everybody is able to get the benefits and get the care that they need um, for as cheap as possible. Uh, So I find it very interesting. It's just a dry topic. And a, a lot of my time is spent, you know, educating people who are maybe not in the insurance industry. So I know how dry of a topic that is to try to get through even a 30 minute, 45 minute meeting about your own benefits can, some people would rather drive stakes through their eyes than listen to that, Um, go to a mandatory meeting to listen about that. Even if they're on the clock, they would rather work than listen to what I have to say. Uh, But that doesn't mean it's not important. Um, And it's not something that is going to impact you until it does until you need it and then you're have a bunch of questions and that's what i like to to help people answer those questions and use the benefits that they pay a lot of money for yeah yeah so one of the reasons i was asking about it is because like 
even though I think sometimes we imagine these jobs that sound really dry or boring to us, but every person is different. And so like, yeah, you're right. For me, insurance and benefits is a little difficult to pay attention to. Yeah, I could see your eyes glaze over as I was describing it just now. To be fair, I was worried that we weren't using the right mic. So I was thinking about that, but <laughs> I was a little distracted. Thinking about the Beatles, I understand. <laughs> yes, thinking about the Beatles. Um, but the reason I brought it up is just because I, I think sometimes neurodivergent people imagine that you know, it's a unique thing to neurodivergent people that we have to be interested in our job in order to do it well or to like stay in a job. But I think that that's a really important human trait for a lot of people. Obviously not everyone, but I just, I may not be super interested, but I know that you are. And I want people to see that like, you know, you care about what you do. And I think that's nice. Yeah, I do. Thank you. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Okay. So a question that I get a lot is how you feel about, I get it about ADHD a lot, about how you feel about some of my ADHD traits and symptoms. So like my inability to accurately perceive time, for example, I know is one that you struggle with sometimes. So I don't know. Do you want to speak to that at all? Sure. Um, Yeah, you have some real bad time blindness. I mean, it's gotten better. Um, It used to be really bad where it just you would not account the amount of time things would take or you would just account the amount of time like one task of a string of things would take not the getting ready the travel the 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 cool down all the uh, everything you have to do that goes into something but uh the the biggest thing i think that you've made a lot of improvements on is travel time <laughs> yeah travel time like it used to be like oh well we're just gonna go to this event for an hour and it's like no, it's not an hour. It, you're going to need at least 20, 30 minutes to get ready for, you know, the event. And it's 45 minutes away. So you're talking about a three hour ish commitment to for, you know, something that's an hour. And uh, for me, that's just more than I want to do for, for certain things. Um, and, but at least want to go into it knowing that. And uh, that can always be a challenge. Just be like, hey, consider all of the things that it takes that go into this. So um, yeah, that's definitely something that has been uh, something that I've been irritated with many times, Mm -hmm. but you know, we talk about it. And like I said, you've got a lot better about it. You consider travel times. I would say most of the time now that is huge. It's crazy. (laughs) It's so cool. (laughs) That is absolutely huge. And it's just, I, I need to be the one to remember to like when we're making plans and everything to like factor some, some of that stuff in and just make sure that we consider it. So, um, it just, it, a lot of the times it means like very rarely do just one of us plan something without talking about it to the other. So like we, you know, need to collaborate and consider a lot of things. Cause also I'm a hermit. I wouldn't go anywhere if she didn't make me. So, um, it's good that she plan she wants to go to these things and everything, but it's also good that I like, you know, consider all the time and energy that goes into it. So we kind of strike a good balance, I think. Yeah, for sure. For sure. Cause I think a big part of the time stuff for me is like some of it is I truly do not perceive time and it is a struggle and a half. But also I think the big thing for travel time for me was for a long time, I wanted things to move faster. So I thought I could like will that into happening. Like I could just will travel time into disappearing. Like I truly kind of believed that for a long time. (laughs) Yeah. For sure. They, uh, 
uh, I think the other thing with um, with time sometimes is just you when you get really passionate and excited about something and you want to get a million things done, you tell me the list of things you want to do in a day that no humanly person could ever complete in a 24 hour period, even if they didn't rest or sleep and just trying to help set expectations for you that you're not going to complete all that today. Uh, and then a lot, most of the time I get, oh, yeah, of course I am. And then at the end of the day, I didn't get everything out that I wanted to. So. <laughs> See, I think that's so funny that that's how you perceive us because that's how I perceive you a lot of the time. You're like, oh, like this weekend, we're going to take down Christmas decorations and we're going to clean the house. And we did some of that. We yeah. definitely didn't do all of that. Yeah, I said we were going to get started on taking down Christmas decorations uh, and picking up the house a little bit. That's all. Hmm. And I think we did. I think, like, have you have a list of objective, of, of not just objective, of tasks that you want to get done and that you're going to do. I I tend to have more general goals and objectives that I want to work towards. And, you know. Yeah. Okay. Right there is a huge difference in how our brains work that I think is always interesting to talk about because... I tend to, I, it's not so much that I'm like, oh, here are all the tasks, X, Y, Z, one, two, three. It's more like if we're going to start something on one day, we should also finish it that same day, which is kind of my, like, uh, I think it's an ADHD hyperfocus thing. Like I tend to, if I'm going to do something, if I'm going to go through the mental pain of starting a task, because with ADHD, it's really hard to start shit. I'm going to finish that freaking task because I'm not going to go through the mental effort of restarting. Well, that, that's fair. Uh, that's not at all how I... I know. I know it's not. I started taking on the Christmas tree yesterday and I got the garland off and the ornaments put away. And by the, then it was dinner time and then taking care of the kids, put the, uh, putting them to bed and everything. And then it was three and a half hours later and I wasn't going to keep taking on the tree at nine o'clock at night. So, uh, yeah. Which by the way, I never judge you for if that is helpful. I just, in my head, I think whenever I start something, I, I, it's almost a fear-based thing. It's like, if I don't finish it, I never will. No, I mean, it, it it'll bug me. Like the tree's sitting up in the room right now and it's going to bug me until I finish putting it down which will be you know in a day or two and also i wanted to get some outside stuff done today but the weather just did not cooperate it's been like negative a million degrees for the whole weekend it's been a long weekend and i was like surely there'll be a little bit of time i can go outside and take some lights down and everything because you know it's mid-january at this point so mm -hmm. i'd like to but it's just weather didn't cooperate and i'm just i'm okay with that i'll do it when i have an opening yeah i think that leads into something else that we have talked about a couple of times and that's just like your general well-adjustedness. <laughs> that's your words. My words. How would you describe your like approach to productivity or your approach to like your self-concept? Like, I don't know. How do you approach life? I guess that's a big question. <laughs> but yeah. Well, I think the self-concept one is something that just boggles your mind every time I talk about it because you have you have different conceptions of yourself depending on the context and the people that you're with and I've never had that it's always I am me no matter what the context or the situation or the people you know like I may act a little bit differently depending but not really most for, for the most like you know maybe with your friends maybe you're a little more you know open may crack a joke that you wouldn't in front of your parents or something like that although even that is not that different for me um I mean, my 
my dad's one of my best friends. I mean, he's been in my D&D and out of DM for what, six years at this point. There've been plenty of raunchy and inappropriate things in that happen. Uh, so it's, my conception of myself is a lot more whole than I think yours is and is not dependent upon context, which I think is just interesting because I get to know a lot of different versions of you depending on what we're doing, where we're going and who we're with. Yeah. <laughs> I'm glad that you think it's fun. Have you ever met like a version of me that you were like, ooh, I hope she's not around a whole lot? <laughs> uh, no, not really. I mean, the only version of you that I hope is not around is the one who's depressed and sad. Because yeah. I don't want you to be depressed and sad. And, you know, when 10 years ago when you were figuring out a lot of this stuff and you didn't have, you know, the therapy and the medication down and everything and just you were sad a lot. I mean, there were a lot of days I would come home and you would just be like, I haven't done anything. I'm sad. All I did was cry or lay in bed. And I'm like, I don't want that person around you because that person is really sad. You're, you're my person. And I don't want you to be sad and upset like that all the time. Yeah. It's always really good for my soul to hear you talk about me when I'm depressed because when I'm depressed, the way I conceive of myself is not like the way you just described that. Like I haven't done anything all day and I'm sad and I cried. Like there was just compassion in your voice. Whereas when I think of myself while I'm depressed, it's like, it's the same words, but with a much harsher tone. Yeah. Because you have something very mean inside of your head that doesn't like you. I hate that voice and I hear it a lot and it's incredibly judgmental. And I think that's another thing. I genuinely like myself. I think I'm awesome and I think I'm great, but I always have. And I know that that's not always been the case for you. And it really sucks to hear you talk about yourself like that. And it makes me sad because I want you to like yourself because, you know, I love you. I married you. I have three kids with you. I want you to like you. You're awesome. Oh, thanks. <laughs> so. To be fair, for the record, people listening, I've gotten a lot better at this. Oh, absolutely. This, there's been a lot of improvement. I'm just saying we're just talking about generally. And like yeah. when we first started, you did not like yourself. Like no. genuinely, like you could not say a nice thing about yourself in, with sincerity for a long time. Yeah, that's that's really sad, but really true. <laughs> yeah, and I think that's just part of my self conception. Like I've always, like I said, always like myself. I think I'm awesome. I think the things that I do are awesome. You know, okay, occasionally I do something I'm not a fan of, but you know, I apologize. I'm fix it, move forward, uh, that kind of stuff. But I genuinely like myself, which I conceive of as a whole. And as a singular entity mm. that I enjoy and like and want to be around. That's part of why I'm a hermit. I like my own company a lot more than I like other people's a lot of the time. Or at least I think I do. That's not always the case. It's just there's inertia there where like, I'm so happy and content with myself and the things that I'm doing. I don't need to go see other people. And then I get there and I'm like, oh, I'm having a great time. I should do this more often. I need you to drag me out and yeah. do that because <laughs> I won't do that on my own. Yeah. I'm curious your thoughts. I have a couple of thoughts, which I think I've shared with you before, and I'm happy to share again. But I'm curious first to hear, like, why do you think you have such a positive self-concept? Do you think that that's natural and everyone would, but, like, something bad happens that gets in the way? Or do you think you were set up to really like yourself? Like, I'm curious. Um, I don't know. I think it's probably, a, you know, combination of nature versus nurture. Like, I'm sure there's some genetic component of it like just the brain chemistry that you have like mm -hmm. you know i 
neurodivergence, you know, can be acquired, acquired, but also sometimes it's just something that you have and it's, you just got dealt uh, that hand, you know, that you have to deal with and maybe you don't have the, like I said, the, the brain chemistry to, to, to tend towards that, you know, but uh, I think nurture has a lot to do with it. Like I grew up in a very loving home and environment. My parents were very supportive of me and everything that I did, not just my parents, like my whole family, everyone around me. Um, I was the gifted kid all through uh, grade school and, and high school and even into college. Like I was, you know, the, I wasn't the burnout gifted kid. I was just the, the gifted kid for a very long time. And that did uh, wonders for my confidence for sure. Mm -hmm. uh, but, you know, you, it's not like I haven't experienced challenges or difficulties in my life. I absolutely have. It's just, I don't know. I try to frame them more positively. And I, I guess, like I said, I think it comes from a combination of just being supported as, as a kid in my formative years, as well as just uh, part of me is just tends towards that, you know, <laughs> I, I don't know that I can point to any one thing or reason that I am the way that I am. No, I of course not. Anybody can, but yeah. I don't know. No, that's a great answer. I was just curious what, what you thought, just because we, I feel like grew up in somewhat similar ways, but turned out to be very, very different people. Same with like siblings. Like we have both have siblings who yeah. have turned out completely different from us. I have a sister who's like a year younger than me who was born and raised in the exact same environment. Vastly different outlook on life, vastly different experience, uh, vastly different type of person. So mm -hmm. yeah, it's, it's not all nurture for sure. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Well, yeah. Just curious about that. And then um, something that we talk about a lot that I think is interesting when it comes to neurodivergence too, is the uh, forest for the trees metaphor. <laughs> okay. You and your damn trees. You and your stupid forest. Okay. <laughs> so if you guys haven't heard, I feel like most people have heard this metaphor, but just in case we have a lot of autistic folks listening to this podcast and metaphors are not always our favorite thing. Um, so there's this idea of like, oh, you miss the forest for the trees. And it's this saying that is supposed to imply that you're focusing so much on the details that you're missing the bigger picture. And this is something Adam has always said to me, like, you're missing the forest for the trees. And I'm like, you're so focused on the forest that you're, you're, can't even tell what the individual trees need. <laughs> so this is just something we see the world really differently from. Um, and I don't know if neurodivergence has anything to do with it or not. I am curious to hear from you listeners, if you are more of a trees person or if you're more of a big picture forest person. I don't know, but I mean, it's, it's very much like the, um, what we were just talking about with detail like task oriented versus goal oriented it's, mm -hmm. it's short term versus long term and also like i spend a lot of time thinking about systems like with you know to take it back to insurance to tie that back in like i think a lot about systems and how they interact and how they can impact individual people but i don't have a whole lot of experience you know work like with thinking about and in considering the individual people to impact is wanting to make systemic change uh, to alter the composition of the forest rather than, you know, making sure one individual tree gets all the nutrients that it needs to grow and flourish, um, which there's merits to both. I mean, you have to think in both ways. And I struggle to think of the trees because, you know, you, a forest is comprised of individual trees. And if you don't, you know, nourish the, the individuals as a whole, the, the system itself dies and doesn't work. So that's 
something that I recognize that I is a blind spot for me. So it's always good to when you check me and say, hey, you're you're missing out on the the the, the, the smaller details on this and how it impacts you know individuals versus uh, kind of on a on a macro level. But also like systems matter. Systems are what allow individuals to grow in certain ways or not in others. And so you need to make sure that the larger systems, the water cycles work in, that the the soils, the, the soil is good, that you're getting enough uh, sunshine. So just uh, the larger systems, they, they interact and they work together um, to produce results and outcomes. And uh, I don't think it's necessarily good or bad to think one or the other. It's it, what is bad is to only focus on one side of that and not consider both and uh i think it's good that we have different perspectives and we can talk things through and kind of see it from coming from different angles yeah yeah i think my big blind spot when it comes to the forest and the trees is like i see systems as the problem (laughs) and i want to get rid of them and just focus on the individuals but you're so right we need systems made up of healthy individuals so we need both it's just that like you said you struggle to see the individuals it's just the details are hard it's the bigger picture feels more important and like that's how it feels for me too just reversed yeah i mean just as an example like buying this new house that we just moved into (laughs) like i planned for that for years to get us in a position to buy the house but then when it was time to actually you know we reached a point where like we really needed to do it like what are the next next steps to get going to, to to go into that you were the really one really the one kind of pushing that i mean you had your journal that you had drawn all the pictures and like colored and like all right now it's time to start doing this like well no we're still we're still building and there's more things that we do it's like no but now we need it and we need to do it now for us not just some amorphous thing off in the future so yeah. it takes it takes a combination of thinking because you know if if it was up to me we would still be in our old house like very likely Mm-hmm. Um, making it work with three children in less than uh, a thousand square feet. And that would have been awful. <laughs> um, but I think your, your your attention to like, hey, we need to get going and do this because we need it soon rather than kind of the long-term thinking that I, I that I tend to do is like five to 10 years out, like five, 10, 20, even. I mean, I think a lot about retirement and what we're putting away towards that and investments and making sure that we're going to be set up when we retire, which is great 30 years from now, but doesn't help me with what's for dinner tonight or <laughs> making sure our children get to and from daycare. Right. Yeah. I think that's something um, that has caused like been a point of friction for us a couple of times is, um, my need to do everything now, like right now. (laughs) I'm just wondering if there are any examples that come to mind for you or anything you wanted to add when it comes to that. Absolutely. You have a thought. And as soon as you have the thought, it needs to be done immediately uh your entire business is one you have a, an idea for a new product or something and it's like eight o'clock at night it's like oh, okay great that's something that you, you can work on tomorrow or something oh no no i'm gonna stay up until 2 a.m getting it fully realized fleshed out ready to go to launch tomorrow i'm not gonna what do you mean go to sleep with an idea in my head 
you're talking like a crazy person. No, I have to get it all on paper and done and ready to go right now. That's that is a regular thing that happens, uh, uh, listeners. Is whatever you hear a launch or a new thing that my wife is working on, uh, she had that idea yesterday. <laughs> and has done a lot of work to get it ready to go and be ready to go immediately. I would argue with you, but I can't. Um, you're right. I know you can't. <laughs> <laughs> I will say I have actually planned out my entire year's worth of launches already this year. We'll see if I stick to it. Well, you stick to it, but also that's for your current things. Uh, you're going to have an idea in May, and uh, that's going to be a whole new thing. Probably, yes. <laughs> Probably yes, for sure. Uh, that sounds right. <laughs> Are there aspects of that that can be frustrating? Like, have there been examples where you're like, I love you so much, I would never change you. And if this changed, I like wouldn't be mad. <laughs> <laughs> well, one, it's not how I work at all. And it's incredibly impressive to watch. And it, I'm very proud when you have an idea that you take to fruition in like 48 hours or like a long weekend. It's impressive. Uh, and I could never do that. Um, but uh, sometimes there are. Sometimes there are things where it's like, let's slow down and think about this and like consider it a little bit and think about all the ramifications. Like uh, a lot of times you'll you'll come to me about wanting to do something. It's like, oh, okay, great. Let's, let's talk about that. And like, oh, no, no, I wanted to do that today or tomorrow at the latest. It's like, Okay, well, give me some time to consider it. I mean, you will ruminate a little bit once you've decided on the thing it has to be done. But, like, I, I'm i being told about it now. Give me a little bit of time to think about it before you need my blanket consent or rubber stamp of approval to go forward with it. So sometimes it's like just give me a little bit of time to think. I need a little more time than you do to, to process and consider some of these things. Yeah. But, yeah. I think... We actually had a discussion about this, like, what, a week or two ago, I think? It was this year sometime. Yeah, yeah, it, pretty recently. Um, I wanted to do some, like, coaching program because I love coaching. I love learning. I love doing new things. And I think this goes back somewhat. It's like a combination of things. It's the impulsivity, the desire to do everything now, now, now is totally ADHD. Um, but the thing I do that you sort of mentioned where it's like, I see something I like and I might want to do it. And instead of coming to you then so that we both have time to think about it, I wait until I'm sure I want to do it or sure I don't want to do it. And then I come to you. And I feel like that is a huge like trauma thing for me. It's just like I am very used to having my ideas and passions and emotions sort of shut down. And so instead of bringing them to you when they're vulnerable and like up for grabs and could go either way, I bring them to you when I know for sure how I feel. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, I think also a little bit of it, and this has been a little bit of a point of contention and friction in our relationship before, is sometimes you view me as an authority figure and I really don't want you to do that. Also a trauma thing, to be fair. I promise it's not like... I don't know. I'm not trying to put you in a horrible position. No, but sometimes you do. I feel like yeah. I am the the parent or something who is there to uh, approve or deny your ideas. And like, I want to be your partner where we talk about them and consider things. <sighs> and so uh, sometimes that is a little frustrating where, yeah, you have solidified and you've come up with a plan. And it, basically anything other than my exuberant immediate yes is going to be met with disappointment and frustration uh, if I have to consider anything or want to talk about it or 
heaven forbid have some questions or maybe want to say no uh so that can be a little frustrating sometimes is just yeah. making sure that we are partnering when we talk about these things like when i bring things to you it's usually in the context of a question and like where i haven't made my mind up or or if i have like i have uh, my reasonings and I'll, and I'll tell you when i'm open to being swayed the other way mm -hmm. but uh that's not necessarily always the case. <laughs> no, no, it's not. You're right. I think that's something really interesting too, is that like, it's not just that I need you to agree with me. That's not enough. It needs to be an enthusiastic agreement. And like, folks, I can't even begin to open that can of worms right now um, for why that is. Uh, frankly, I'm not ready for that shit. Um, but yeah, that's totally something I've noticed too, that I'm sure can be really, really frustrating from your end of things. Mm -hmm. A little bit, but we work through it. Yeah. Yeah. That's something else that you like sort of did there where I was like, oh, what have you noticed? And you're like, well, I've noticed that it's really impressive and really cool that you can do this stuff so quick. Like it, it's just nice. You view me in a really balanced way. And like, I don't feel like you put me on some kind of pedestal where I have to live up to these impossible expectations, but I also don't feel like you're like never expecting me to do anything. Like, I don't know. It's just balanced and I don't view myself in a very balanced way. Yeah. You're a person, uh, <laughs> you're a real human being with flaws and, uh, also incredibly wonderful traits. And I love all of you. Gross. I love it. <laughs> Uh, yeah, I feel like maybe that's a good place to end it. That's a really sweet place to end it. And by the way, you are also a human who I do my best to view as a full human, although sometimes <laughs> my black and white thinking prevents such things. Um, but I usually come around. <laughs> I agree. And I love you very much, too. I love you. <laughs> well, thank you for being on the podcast and for talking about everything. And if people have questions, feel free to DM me on Instagram. It's at neurodivergent underscore magic. And the link is in the show notes. Um, if you have more questions for Adam, you can let me know. Maybe he'll do a follow-up episode. Um, but yeah, I hope that this was helpful for people listening. I don't know. Did you have anything else you wanted to say? No, I don't think so. I I know I've answered questions before, so I'm happy to answer questions if you have any specific questions about, you know, us, our relationship, how it works, or also anything else that I've mentioned, any of my interests. Like, I'm happy to talk about anything you want to talk about. <laughs> well, if you want people to just chat with you about video games, I'm not going to be the conduit there. You're going to have to make your own social media and actually post stuff. Also, insurance. <laughs> insurance of course yes if you have insurance questions come to my husband he knows everything that's not true <laughs> he knows a lot of stuff <laughs> anyway okay uh i hope that this episode was uh enjoyable it was really fun for me at least so i will talk to you all next saturday as always, thank you so much for listening. If you enjoyed the show, make sure you give us a follow over on Spotify, leave a review over on Apple Podcasts, and tune in next Saturday for another amazing episode. 